Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Hello and welcome to one of my favourite episodes on the TSM podcast, because today, once again, we're talking about stage shows. My name is Aidan O'Sullivan and I am joined by my very, very good friend and incredible co-host, Mr. Ashley Green. Was this not the one where I was supposed to be Aiden and you were supposed to be Ashley, or did you leak it and we weren't going to do it? No, no, no. I've, I've, I've spoiled it. I've ruined it. I've ruined it. I've ruined it all. Yeah. Oh, moving on. Um, yes, that is right. Uh, I am your Lord and Saviour, Ashley Green, the almighty mentalist that lives down in Kent. <laughs> and in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, one of Aiden's favourite topics. He sat there with a big old grin on his face and thinking, why did you say that? All the hate mail that's going to come in now. Um, but yeah, stage shows. Uh, this is a real interesting one. And I'm going to throw this back to Aiden in a minute because I've seen some of the very interesting things that he thinks about when it comes to a stage show because if you haven't have gathered already you know in the last two episodes we spoke about online shows and the ways in which we told you how to improve your online shows we weren't stuck in the usual trap which people go oh well to improve my online shows i've got to do this better trick i've got to do this better performance yes they're relevant things but we all know that and you don't need a half hour podcast on it so we talked about the other things as well with the close-up sets Ava Avon. There we go. I said that in one of the uh, one of the live streams we've done. Um, I called you Avon. Um, moving on. So there you go. We're doing live streams now on TSM again, but spontaneously. So keep an eye out for them. Anyway, Aiden um, gave a really clear, clear run through of how you could improve your close up sets. And some of the advice came out from there. Again, it was away from the tricks and the presentations. And like I said, although they are ways to improve your close up sets, there's plenty of other ways out there, which we ran through in that. And today I feel like it's going to be very much the same, Aiden. I want to throw this to you now because I know you're going to blow the minds of everyone listening. That's right. I'm building you up here. So you better deliver. What are you doing with your shows? Because you spoke to me on a variety of different things about you want to create a real experience, a thing like. And one of the pieces of advice you gave to one of our students was uh, if you could only ever do one show, what do you want people to remember you by? Like, I feel like you're going to go into some really interesting realms now, Aiden. So, Aiden, stage shows, what can you do to improve and what are you doing? Well, for starters, I'm writing a show. Boom. And there we go, guys. That's the end of this episode. So I hope you've enjoyed it and learned all the interesting advice that you need to improve your stage shows. Uh, that is right. Right. Anything else? No, that'll do. Perfect. Right, that's that done. I should probably go to a bit more depth than what I mean by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so for the last few years, I have spent an awful lot of time on stage and getting on stage, trying new shows. And this is my complete, open, honest truth. I have never, ever run the same show twice. Ever. I did actually, the closest I ever came to this was actually as part of the local Fringe Week that I was in. Um, I did my, my show Celestial and it went down really, really well. 
And so I did another show the next month called Celestial, the same show. However, about 60 to 70% of the material had changed. I completely rewrote the show. And this has been a continuous process for me over the last two, three, four years and so on and so forth. And the reason I do that, I know this sounds bizarre for a lot of listeners, like why, why don't you just want to do one show and make that the best you can? But I have spent the last few years getting completely clear and, and learning as much as I can about my character, myself, my presentation of magic and mentalism, my methods of magic and mentalism. Obviously, you guys that are long-term listeners will know that I'm psychological in nature and that my methods are heavily psychological in that I'm trying to be as real as I can be. So over the last few years, I've had no other option but to get out on stage and do this in as many different ways as I can. And as part of this process, I've been able to throw out new different types of openers. I've been able to throw out different types of closers. I've been able to throw out different sort of narratives throughout my show. I've also been able to do shows that are just trick, 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 just to be able to see what it feels like. And just so I can really get to grips in terms of what are my preferences and what are my audience's preferences in terms of the construction of my shows and how, what do they resonate with? So I do really want to sort of reel this back and, and say that what I'm actually doing from here onwards is that now I've got three, four plus years worth of stage experience and stage shows under my belt. I'm now starting to write my very first show that will be my long term show. This is the show that I'm going to be putting my heart and soul into. I don't want to say too much about it just yet uh, for obvious reasons that Ashley knows, but what is important is that I'm trying to make it something bigger. I don't want it to just be a show. I actually, as you mentioned, Ashley, I want it to be an experience. And this is a really good metric that I've personally found for a lot of people when they're developing a show or they want to improve their show. And my question is quite simply, if you put the word experience after your name, so it's in my case, it would be for performance branding, it would be the Aiden the Wizard experience. Would your show live up to that name? Because the Aiden the Wizard show and the Aiden the Wizard experience sounds very, very different. And experience has much more to it. It's a bigger thing. People feel much more invested in an experience rather than just a show. And it goes back to that thing that we, we like talking about a lot, Ashley, in terms of stage and live performances and theatre it's interactive it's that that it's an immersion of theatre whereas sort of if you just want to sit and passively ex like watch something you watch netflix or tv or some other movies or something like the cinema because you just sit and passively engaging with it for the most part so that's kind of what i'm doing i'm writing a show and i want it to be an experience more than just a show that i can have in the long haul with all of the information to my advantage. There's some real interesting points in there. And I think you've actually covered something which close-up workers do a lot. Whenever they want to test out material and really grow themselves, they do like these residencies, they do these gigs. I know for me, and it's like always new material, always changing and, and going from there. And, and it's a quick way to develop. And you're saying you actually do this on stage. Every stage shows different. And I guess that throws you into different environments. Like you can learn to pick up on people like the way they react to certain things certain lines certain pieces of scripting in a whole variety of different ways and 
now, like you say, you've you've actually got experience because if you've done like a stretch of four years of just doing two or three shows, yeah, they're going to be great and solid, but you've nighty and like I say, you've got a real experience and a real knowledge of, of everything now. So I, I think that is a golden piece of advice which people can take straight away. What do you want to do if you want to improve? Well, maybe hop around and write a load of stage shows and, and do them and, and learn from the experience of doing different things. What about the people who um have already have done that? Say if there's there's many Aidens out there and they're like, oh my God, I resonate with Aidens so much, I do that. Like, what advice could you give to them if, if they're here? And I'm sorry to throw this on you spontaneously, but I thought it might be a question that the uh, listeners might have. Yeah, I mean, by all means... You don't have to take this approach. And I know a lot of performers and a lot of our friends in particular that have made a very good career out of just like one show and they've done it very well. They change it a little bit year upon year, but the branding and everything is all the same. Whereas I've not done that. I've just been different every single time. And if anybody is sort of of the same nature as me, and they really want to knuckle down and, and get more into the stage show world. I've made the conscious decision in my own performances and my own performing business that stage is my future. I want to go into more stage with long-term sort of the implications being that I only do stage shows and like tour theatres and that kind of stuff. So I got clear in terms of what it is that I wanted. And obviously you can't do a a different show every single night of the same tour. It just doesn't work. You cannot do that. So my step one, after going through all those iterations and, and learning about what makes a good opener, and what makes a good opener for me? What makes a good closer? What makes a good closer for me? Evaluate everything. Everything that you've possibly learned about these shows. Evaluate the heck out of it and work out what seemed to get a better reaction. What seemed to work better for you? What did you enjoy the most? And start using that to actually build a show. And remember, you're not just building a show. You're going to try and build an experience. And you don't have to call it an experience. I don't want every magic show in the world to then start being called the Ashley Green experience or the Aiden the Wizard experience or the, the that's not the point. That's just sort of a, a an exercise to make you test whether or not your show is actually good enough, if you like. But that's my process. That's what I'm doing now. I'm evaluating my material and I've got an idea of what I want to my next show to be. I know what I want my reviews to say. I know what I want people to be thinking about and talking about when describing me and my show. I'm now just pulling from all of my knowledge in terms of structure and narratives and, and my behavior on stage and learning from all of that and actually putting it into something that I can start then repeating the process with in terms of the frequent and rapid adaptations. But I'm going to be trying to do it in such a way that the, the show itself is the same and it's all the other stuff, the sprinklings, if you like, that are going to change. Yeah. And there is another point that I want to bring up as well which something which you've been thinking about and you've been telling me about quite a bit and that is i guess the production value that comes with a show and i know a lot of people are going to be watching or listening watching watching with your ears they're going to be listening to this podcast and they're thinking i mainly do shows in like village halls and and function rooms there's there's really only few people out there who actually do like the big arena shows and the big theater shows 
and this advice is actually going to be a little bit easier for them because everything's there you've got the lighting rig you've got the ability to use all their technical stuff like the music and the curtains and all the other jazz that you know about Aiden but the people who do like the function rooms and just like halls and all of that adding that bit of production value like playing with lighting can they bring their own production like lighting rig if if that's a thing that they can do and also is there a way of adding music like if there isn't an opportunity if there's no like speakers in the hall well can they because you can buy stuff online like buying like the speakers and actually running it yourself because you said to me like you put music in your show it's the best way to evoke emotion and when you're doing a stage show like this a big thing where you're trying to captivate people adding these elements in is something which is really going to take it to the next level completely production value is the most important thing i i think it again i i might change my mind on this fact but i would argue that your production value is actually more important than a fantastic show i would rather do a mediocre show with immense production value because that's the stuff that people are going to remember they're going to remember the amount that went into it even if they're not paying over attention to it so you you spoke about a few things and i really want to sort of decode those and Again, we spoke about stage shows last year, early last year. So again, I'll make sure to link previous episodes on this subject so people can jump back and, and hear a bit more about maybe where to start with the stage shows in that sense. But production value is incredibly important. And for those that are just doing those village halls or those little rent-a-room kind of things, that's fine. You can do a solid stage show there. My first ever stage show was literally in a sports hall of a local youth centre in which all of the photos, I'm not even lying here, every single one of the promotional photos, either you can see the basketball court on the floor or up in the corner on the wall is a basketball hoop. You can, you can see it. Ashley's laughing because he's seen the photos. It really doesn't need to do much. And all we did there for that show, the production value, because I knew it was going to be so important. We'll talk about this in a minute. But first things first, I bought in a tech team to come and do the tech for me so I didn't have to worry about that but all we did is we turned the whole room lights off we got some massive spotlights at the back of the room pointing straight towards me and we had some colored like purple colored lights just shining up onto the brick wall behind me albeit one of them was illuminating a basketball hoop again but it looked good because they came in when as the audience came into the room it was dark they could see the lights and it was a really dramatic sort of it really felt good and because i had my certain playlist playing in the in the background quite loud i was getting people into this um this this mood and i was using what i resonate with the most and that's music to evoke the emotion and get people thinking what i need them to think so to boil this back down to lay people terms if you like you don't need to get a tech team you luckily the tech team was just friends of mine so they literally did the entire event free of charge just because they got bored but the idea there is that i i gave them the opportunity to test their stuff to make me look good you i didn't have to pay a penny for the tech i just used what i had and the reality of the situation is that you don't even need that if you you don't even need a stage like a raised platform you can literally just do it on the floor just make sure that you've got an opportunity and a bit of space for you to stand in front of people in some way um, and that's really all you need. You can add bits and pieces later on, but I would argue that the first thing that you should add, as you said, Ashley, is that music. And it's it's the thing that I'm always trying. Those that know me 
know that I resonate most with music and I'm in a, a heavily musical person. Um, not that I play or anything. I'm, I'm relearning piano, but I'm really sort of inspired by lots of music. And I listen to so much music because I know that every so often I hear something and I'm like, oh my gosh, that gives me an idea for a show. We, we actually spoke about this with Tom Elderfield. Like he listens to the Now You See Me theme, just like I do, and think, what could I do to this music? What could I, what trick could I do that would fit this music? And when you start looking at it like that, you can get some material and then almost automatically you find the music that goes with it. So again, I don't want to keep waffling about all of this stuff, but it really is something that you can add over time. You just work out the bare minimum and step by step it. Hey there, guys. It's Aiden here from the Successful Mentalist podcast. Just interrupting for a quick second to say thanks for listening. No, of course, if you have just got a few moments, bring out your phones, whack the, the little subscribe button on. Um, yep, you know, the one that says subscribe, just press that button. And again, you're going to get updates from every time that we drop a new episode. You'll get those notifications straight into your mobile device or wherever you're listening to us. And again, it'll help boost our stats and get us out to more magicians and entertainers across the world, which is exactly what we want. Anyway, I'm going to leave you to go back to the podcast now but make sure you subscribe. Yeah, you said something as well, which you touched on, but I want to elaborate on. You said, oh, all the photos that were taken. That is a crucial point of how people can improve because, you know, if you've listened to the past two episodes, you'll start to get a sense that the advice we're sharing kind of can be shared around to the other elements. Like you can take the advice for online shows and apply it to the stage show. You can take the advice from this and apply it to online shows and close up. And the advice we previously shared like on online shows was going through the entire process and talking about like the ways that clients contact you, go into it and how they go through that entire kind of funnel to get to you. And what you've said, Aidan, actually resonates with that point. If you get in a stage show, if you book in a stage show, make sure you bring a photographer with you because you can get some really good promo photos where you can use these for marketing materials for your next show. You can use it on social media, at video as well. You can get a showreel of the of, of everything. And, and this is one of the things that we thought about with our tour. Like, we, we've actually put that in place. It's like, right, what do we need to do to sell tickets? I know, let's do a show here. We're going to film it and we're going to get this showreel in place. And then we've got that. We're going to have the photos of us performing on stage. And then we can use that in the marketing materials to then go forward inadvertently. Like we've said in the past few episodes, that improves your show over well uh, as well. Because all of the other things that are in place, the bits around the show, that, like I said before, that framework. Completely, completely. It's It's really important to to pay attention to that other stuff because i mean for ev most people have been to a theater a live theater or or even a cinema or seen a movie right when you're watching a movie you're not just watching two people have a conversation or three or a group of people have a conversation you're seeing things from different angles with different camera shots there's also music and background noise actually happening to help you buy into what you're watching you're also like you're sometimes if you're watching it in a cinema and stuff, you've got it in such a way that you can feel the music like it's loud. Like I, I went to see Inception a few weeks ago as a part of the well, a few weeks ago, months ago, as part of the 10 year anniversary of that movie. And one of the things that amazed me in there 
was that the music was bloody loud. I felt it in like in my bones. I was like, oh my God, I feel so much like a part of this. And again, that's a simple conscious decision made by the production to actually do this so that you can evoke that emotion. And, and it's all of these other things that you pay attention to when you're watching. Like you go and see Les Mis. You don't just see some people sat wobbling around on stage. You actually see, for the most part, you, you see people in costume, first of all, on a set, another point, singing an, to a actual, often live band or live music. And it's all of these little things that you're paying attention to because it would suck if it's just a bunch of people walk out in blooming trainers and a tracksuit. Everyone's just all out in the same trainers and tracksuit, just empty stage, nothing like that. So imagine your show is like that. Imagine until you start adding this stuff that can take your show to the next level, you are walking out in just sheet white clothes and some trainers. People aren't going to be interested in some generic guy walking out with sheet white clothes and trainers. Unless that is a conscious decision. Now, I've seen some performers, and I'm going to, I'm going to name Nate Staniforth here. He actually doesn't, he doesn't walk out in like white clothes and, and trainers. That's just a figure of my imagination. But what he does is something really, really profound in that he has literally nothing on stage. He doesn't have a load of props and a load of tools and a load of things. He just walks out on stage and he harnesses that silence. And I know that I've just been spending the last God knows how long talking about you need music, 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 music. But sometimes the absence of production value can actually be production value in and of itself. But the point I'm really trying to make, and this is the point that I'm trying to make, is that you need to make a conscious decision about what it is that you're putting in, whether that's music, lighting, sound, guys, and all that kind of stuff. Just make that decision and, and stick to it. Yeah, that's a really interesting point you've made there. And I'm so glad you've brought that up because even going through this, I was so focused on saying, yeah, this, 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 and this. But, you know, it did escape my mind that, you know, stripping it back to that, to the real minimalism like sometimes for some people in some moments that can be powerful harnessing the power of silence which we know like when i've done parlor shows it's paid off like one of the ways which i a subtle improvement i improved my shows last year uh, the venue i was working at it was obviously a, a bar and people are drinking and i started to notice that sometimes people would talk like when i'm doing a parlor show so instead of talking louder I harnessed the power of silence and I stopped and I quietened my voice. And then they suddenly went, oh, what's happening? I can't hear him. So sometimes that can be really powerful, like in what you said, like capturing a moment and in my essence, making people be quiet. <laughs> so depending on what you want to use it for, like play around with that, which is really interesting. But there still are some last little things which we can mention here, things that we're actually working on things that we're currently doing and things which if you guys haven't have heard the the subtle hints that have been kind of happening over the past few months of us running the TSM podcast you know me and Aiden haven't just been working together on TSM we've actually been working together in our own performance careers on our own other businesses together and we're actually putting a tour together you know it was supposed to go ahead 2021 but <laughs> COVID happened and it moved everything back to the foreseeable 
So we're expecting this 2022 now, roughly, <laughs> give or take. But we're putting a show together and we have done a lot of things to do that. And, and part of them is getting a team together, like you said, a tech team and a stage manager, someone that can guide us through the process. We have bought in someone else. We're now picking their brains, their knowledge, everything they've trained him, and we're using that to our advantage to improve the quality of our shows by getting someone else in. It's incredibly powerful. I'm going to admit from the get-go, a lot of people this won't resonate with and people won't get it or people just won't like it. But having somebody who understands that world more than you is profound. Or even just somebody that understands that world equally as well. Or perhaps even less than the world. Basically what I'm saying here is that you can work with somebody who knows about that field. Because in our case, um, our, our team are, are laymen. They know a little bit about magic because they've got natural interests in it. And obviously they've known... Uh, they've known us for, for a while, they've known me for years. So in this case, they're able to understand a little bit, but they're mostly watching my show. And also, I say my shows because I'm working with them separately as well. But they're going to be watching our show from a lay person's perspective. And they're going to see things that lay, like us as magicians won't understand, but lay people will spot. And they'll be able to watch our show and think, oh, okay, that was cool. Um, Maybe what we could do is whack a spotlight when you're doing that bit. Or maybe what we could do is actually play some music. Oh, that music was a little bit too loud. Let's make sure that it's a little quieter. And all of these little things that you get from an outsider's perspective are so, so good at really rapidly elevating your, your shows. I mean, I've, I will admit, I think there's only ever been two or three shows that I've done in the past few years that I've not worked with other people to help write, um, actually write them. And these have been a combination of lay people, magicians, and also lay people that have a knowledge like magicians. It's like that weird in-betweeners stance. Um, and they've mostly just been friends. Friends that I've told from the get-go, I need you to be brutally honest with me. If this trick sucks, you have to tell me. If this trick is good, you have to tell me. And if there is anything that feels weird or you think could be done better or even something that would make this entire routine or show 10 times more impossible, don't worry about trying to work out the how. Just tell me the details. And they can fill in all the blanks. But again, I, I do want to just go back to the specifics of a, a tech team, of a team that know this stuff because... They're going to take a lot of your stress away. For me, when I first started adding music to my shows, I was stressed about, oh my God, I'm going to have to press play and then run away and then have to go back and press play and then turn it down and all of that stuff. And since then, I've actually invested in a, it's like a little um, pocket remote kind of thing. I can't remember the name, but it's like a little pocket remote that allows me to play my music from my belt or from inside my pocket. Um, so it's easy and it's off my mind. I don't need to panic. It's all just done naturally. Uh, but equally, I've worked with other people, as I said, that just do that stuff for me. And and that's what's going to help. If you've got other people doing the production stuff, it means you can just focus on, on your show. Yeah, it's, it's profound. Like, there's so much which you can take from that. And, and I think the elements of what you've said, like 
again, like you, I keep saying stuff and then you keep saying stuff and it goes in this weird thing and, we go, and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even think of that. And this is one of those other points, like just having a layman in the audience, like, heck, what we said about shows in village halls or little, little, uh, little rooms that you can rent. Get a layman in the audience to give you feedback afterwards. Get one of your friends and they do the job, which is what our tech team's doing. But yeah, exactly as you said, like outsource as much as possible so you can really knuckle down and focus on the performance. If you can do that, then it's a real game changer. And you know, some of the other things which we've been focusing on our tour is everything we've mentioned. Like we thought about music, we thought about like the poster, the designs, the marketing. We even knuckled down and went where do we want? Which theatres look cool? Which ones would suit? Because do you remember Aiden in our process of looking around for theatres? We were looking at stages and thinking, mm, this one probably isn't going to be best for us on that show. And that's another important thing to think about. Like, maybe the reasons why your theatre shows aren't as good as they could be, it might just be the environment you're performing in. Is it? Is it a stage where people are like, you're basically out there and the stage goes around you. So people are looking in from the side and head on. And, and some people may be looking slightly like behind you, like, and you're having to play around the room and they might be seeing how some tricks work because it's not angle proof. They might not be able to see you all the time. Like your environment might actually need changing and that might improve the show itself. And this is one of the things that we looked in, into a lot. And exactly what you mentioned a while ago, the set design, the music, every single thing around that has been one of the things which has it's really been an eye opener for me. I've got to be honest, like the amount of detail that goes in before you do a show. But it kind of resembles with a lot of stuff we said about close up, like every point we've made there, where, when, in close-up, you can apply that to the stage shows as well. So really, really some interesting advice. And I'm so glad to be working on this project with you, Aiden, because, if, guys, if you if you haven't have guessed already, like, Aiden's mind is brilliant when it comes to this stuff. At this point in the episode, Aiden, we are getting to the end. So I think it's well worth saying, guys, the cat's out of the bag now. We've been official. We've let you know that we're doing a tour if you've got any places which you think would be good for us, drop us a message. Let us know. Feel free to email us at thesuccessfulmentalist at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got any theatre recommendations you know anywhere, you know where to come because we are desperate and looking for somewhere to take our show. Aiden, one last chance to throw it back to you. Anything you want to mention for today? I think the reality of the situation is just that production value should not be overlooked. If you want to do a good stage show, make sure that you've got something that you're confident with. And I think that's a point that I forgot to mention at the start when I said I do a million and one different shows. I'm confident performing all of those. And that's that is part of a personal trait. I'm like I am a naturally confident performer. So I got lucky in that sense. But you can train confidence, and I'm sure that we'll we'll share information about this at a different point. But the reality of the situation is that it's only as complicated as you make it. You can go out and do, uh, you can go out and do a stage tour in village halls. Hey, it's cheap. It's a cheap option most places. So just find out what what it is that you want to do. Get clear on that intention behind it. And as Ashley said, if you want to really go deep. Ask yourself the five whys and the how and check back to last week's episode for more info on that. But yeah, ho hopefully we'll see many of you listeners actually 
on the tour. I'm really, really excited. We're hoping to do a few uh, mini exclusive dates this year at some point, ready for the ready for the big tour next year. But until then, um, nothing else from me. Perfect. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this, and we will see you next week. And I have to say, oh, Aiden, it's it's going to be that thing. I'm going to say it again. This might be my favourite special guest yet. Oh, I've said every time, but genuinely, this isn't a magician or a mentalist that we've got on the podcast. This is a serial entrepreneur, someone who is absolutely fantastic, runs multiple businesses, but we got him on because he has a business all about speaking, public speaking. So with that in mind, I'm sure you can understand where this podcast might have gone, but you probably won't. I've guessed the angle in which it went about, but it's going to directly apply and benefit you when it comes to improving your online shows, your close-up shows, or your stage shows. Every single advice that Eric Edmonds is about to share in next week's episode, oh, it will be a game changer. Anything you do in the art of mentalism or magic, even speaking to people on the phone or in a Zoom call, bang, bang, it'll improve that. So, guys, I say it all the time. But I'm looking forward to this because it's my favourite episode yet. It was my favourite person I've ever interviewed. I'll see you next week. We'll see you soon and stay safe. Hey, it's Aidan here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside. So to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz, and we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum and we'll send you all of the details.